Hello and welcome to the People Chronicles Storied Women. My name is Anna Rose and Gara Milch and I am your host. I am also the author of Lunch with Lucille. Lunch with Lucille is a story about how one woman uh, helped other women because she spoke about how she took an adversity in her life and made it an advantage. And that's what we do here at Storied Women. We bring women from our community who have had something that happens in their life where they turn it around and they use it to the, to, to the best that they can. So my guest today is Faye Parker. Hi, Faye. Hi. And she's going to share with us how she turned an, an, an adversity in her life into an advantage. So my first question to you is, what is it that you would like us to remember from our discussion? That when life throws you a curveball, that you can either curl up and give up, or you can do something with it. And so what, so what pitch, what, what curveball was thrown to you? Um, in 2012, I was diagnosed with stage three melanoma and um, first went, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? Sure. Knowing that um, stage three melanoma is very serious and with melanoma, there is no cure. So stage three is, is the worst. So it goes stage one, stage two, stage three. So stage three is the worst. No, stage four is Sta the worst. Okay, so there's another stage. Okay, so stage four is the worst. So after surgery, um, it was PET scans every three months, four months, holding your breath, hoping that those were going to be okay. And they were until early 2014 when I got another diagnosis of melanoma and went through that and remembered that in 20, no, in 1993, I had been Nurse of Hope with the American Cancer Society and attended a Relay for Life and um, saw that they had a survivor lab. Contacted them and said, I don't know, am I a survivor? And their theory is that anyone who sees themselves as a survivor is a survivor and is able to walk that survivor lap. And it's basically a victory lap. So what is that survivor lap? It is um, a lap at Relay for Life. I belong to Relay for Life Western Berks. And their survivor lap is all of the survivors who are present walk around the track as they're celebrated and the music is upbeat and celebratory and people cheer. and walking with all of those other survivors and going, wow, I'm a survivor. I'm not a victim. I'm not a cancer patient. I'm a survivor. That's amazing. That must be an incredible feeling. But take me back to, if you can, just to that point in time where a doctor tells you that you have stage three melanoma. What, I, I, I'm, I'm, what goes through your mind? Um, I found a lump in 2011 and ignored it. Nurses are very okay, so you notorious you, wait, 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 for doing that. So yeah, you are yeah. a nurse? It'll go away. I was an LPN. Yeah. <laughs> it got bigger and bigger, and finally I went to my family doctor who dismissed it. And he said, oh, it's a lipoma. You don't need to worry about it. But I kept it bumping. It, it kept getting bigger. I Where was this lump? It was on my knee. It was on your knee. So, I had, so I, you could see it. I have an unknown primary. I just had a lump. Oh. Melanoma is typically a mole. Mine is not. There's rare melanoma, which is an unknown primary. And there's ultra rare, which is mucosal, so it's in your mouth or in places the sun never shines. And there's ocular melanoma, which involves the eye. So you have this lump on your knee inside, or it's on the it outside? It was inside. It's on, okay, so you can, so you I have could, to go like this to feel I, it. Okay. Well, it was sticking out. Oh, but okay. It, but it was in the muscle. Okay. 
And, and they just told you to ignore it? Yes. So eventually I ended up getting um, an MRI that showed it could be something cancer. Got a needle biopsy and they called me about nine days later on my birthday to tell me that the needle biopsy showed it was melanoma. And that that office also said, eh, you know, it, it can be treated. Not so true. Um, so what goes through what goes through your head, you know, or your heart and your soul when this is happening? I was terrified. Yeah, I would imagine um, that would be you know, can, a cancer diagnosis is just unsettling. Um, and with it being melanoma, a lot of people are like, oh, get it cut, it's fine. It'll, you know, it's just melanoma. Knowing that, I started reading and was able to find Facebook groups of melanoma patients who were six, eight, ten years out with stage four. That gave me some hope. And I got involved with the Melanoma Research Foundation. And when I was first diagnosed, there were like three treatment options as far as chemo, or, or now it's um, in the immunotherapies. But the Melanoma Research Foundation and UPenn are doing research, and now there's more than 14 treatment options. Wow, wow. That's hopeful. That's it very is. hopeful, yeah. Okay, so you get this treat the you get the uh, diagnosis, you do the treatments, you get surgery. I had surgery. I did not have treatments. I you just, did just, just had surgery. Wow. And now you have taken that and you you've done your lap and now what? Um, I'm involved with the Melanoma Research Foundation. We go to DC in March and we lobby with our representatives in Congress on behalf of the Melanoma Research Foundation. The last three years, we've asked for $60 million of the military budget to be earmarked for cancer. This last year, we also asked for 20 million to be a line item for melanoma, and we got it. The real takeaway with that is that many voices saying the same thing are able to enact change. I also got involved with the American Cancer Society Cancer Action Network. And we go to Harrisburg in April, and we lobby on behalf of the Cancer Society. Um, we were instrumental in getting the Clean Air Act in place, where um, restaurants are no longer smoking, that um, there's smoke-free workplaces, there's smoke-free you know, shopping. Um, I was stunned when I worked as a nurse to find nurses on the cancer floor smoking in the, in the nurse lounge. And I don't smoke. In recent, you mean in recent years? No, it's been oh. probably 15 years since yeah. I got that yeah. act. There is no smoking in the hospital anymore. Right, in fact, right, they right. have uh -huh. to actually step off the hospital grounds to smoke. Right. I remember when I used to work, uh, <coughs> I worked with the county back in, uh, in New York, and everybody smoked <coughs> in the office. As I, yeah. as, I, <laughs> as I cough here, but, um, but yeah, everybody smoked in the office. And I, I remember coming in in the morning and there would be like this haze in the room. Yeah. yeah. And walking through a smoking section in a restaurant to get to the sure, non-smoking. Yeah, yeah. I'm asthmatic. It doesn't take much smoke to set me off. Yeah. So I'm really glad that we were able to do that. And we've also um, have been instrumental in the Affordable Care Act, although it's got some problems, it made health care available for people who did not have health care before. And now they're pushing to get um, colon cancer screenings 
available for people who don't have insurance or who have very low income, as well as ma uh, mammograms, and now with um, the melanoma to get skin screenings in place for people. Excellent. So you have turned into an advocate. I have. Yeah. And I enjoy that. And I did. Will, you ever? Have, I would will you talk to anyone who who will listen. Will, yep. <laughs> How did you? Do you think you would be an advocate had you not gone through such a uh, a, trauma, a traumatic experience? Because I, I, I consider it to be a traumatic experience when somebody um, almost tell, tells you that you know, you have a life-threatening illness. Probably not in the capacity that I am. Um, I've always been wanting people to take care of themselves and to eat healthy right. and because you to are exercise a nurse. because You're I was a nurse. But um, being able to put a face on cancer and a face on melanoma and hopefully by talking to especially young people um, one of the things the Melanoma Research Foundation is trying to do is to get um, the, the tanning bed uh, legislation in place that, so that young people who think they want to tan don't. Um, the biggest melanoma group right now is 18 to 30 and the majority of those have used a tanning bed. Wow. So that's, that is 18 to 30 is the target, wow. How old were you when you noticed your lump? I was 53. Okay, so you fell out of that range. I had never tanned. I burned when I was a kid. We didn't have sunscreen yeah. back in the, the 60s and the early 70s. Yeah, we know we would put the, the baby oil on and bake. I mean, that was a I didn't do that, but we were outside. Yeah, sure. I had a, I had a friend who would put the baby oil on and then go up on his rooftop, on a tar roof. Oh my. And he, he, I think he needed a spatula to turn him over. Probably. But uh, he was just, but anyway. Um, okay, so you, you, um, so you become this great, no, but it, it's been at a cost though that you've been, you've been able to do this, to become the, an advocate, um, such a strong advocate for the Cancer Society. So what, you know, what has it cost you in the sense of working and, um, you know, and, and, and living the, a regular life that you were living before? Because there has been change in your there life. There has been change. Yeah. Um, I was working in a classroom with multiple disability students, and I loved what I was doing, but it was very physically demanding. Um, my melanoma also involved um, a big surgery on my calf, so walking was a challenge, and so I gave up my job. Um, thankfully, I was able to get on disability, and um, that's a huge mm -hmm. cut in income. Sure. Um, how they expect someone to live on $1,000 a month, I have no idea how people do it, except that I have a husband who yeah. has income. Um, I watch my parents struggle with both of their social securities and having to give up their house and move into a smaller house. And for a while, they, were, they both worked to pay for their meds. Sure. It's, it's a challenge. Sure, it is. It is. I, so when you, you know, all of this is coming down and yet what I love hearing you tell is that even though it's all happening, you are still out there advocating. Oh, and yeah. you know what I mean? It, it hasn't, I, I, would, I would imagine some um, would, would kind of feel um, oppressed by it, you know, down and depressed by it. And in your case, it has kind of uplifted you. And I know that you've done something else as well, and as far as the Miss Pennsylvania Senior America. I participated in August. Um, I wanted the crown, I didn't get the crown, but I made fourth runner up. So I was very proud of my 
um, performance there. Um, I don't think I was um, less than. I think I was just against very strong competition with women who have really made an impact in their communities. So I'm working on it. I've got some ideas in the works and uh, I'm gonna do what I can to improve the things that I've been told were a little bit of a challenge and uh, go back again next year and <laughs> Wonderful. We'll see. Great, great. Because I've heard you sing and I know you sing really well. Thank you. Mm -hmm.